Welcome to another edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com. I'm John Schmelk. Paul Tatino should be with me in a couple of seconds here. 201-939-4513. Hashtag Giants Chat. I'm hearing a little issue with the audio here, Brandon. Are you hearing it on your end too, or is that just on me? That's just on my end? Okay. 201-939-4513. You can hear me. That's all that matters. I'm talking New York Giants football with you. Um... Obviously, we've had three, uh, two days of padded practice now. Day three is uh, coming your way today, uh, so that's very exciting. A lot's been going on here at the Quest Diagnostics Training Center. So Paul is doing an interview for the TV show. He should be in here in a couple of minutes. In the meantime, um, I will give some of my takes and practice of the last few days. And, of course, if you want to get some in-depth on what I've seen, I put my notes and observations from practice every day up on the website, so you can make sure you go and uh, check that out. Over the course of practice, uh, over the course of practice and training camp, it shows up on Giants.com every day. Anyway, so from pad to practice, here's what I've seen so far. Um, much like it's been for the past couple of years, Olivier Vernon is nearly impossible to block in practice. Um, frankly, he's just really good. Um, it doesn't quite translate that way to the field on game day a lot of the time, but he's been awesome. He's beat Nate Solder. I've seen him beat Eric Flowers, and um, he's looked fantastic. He was here all during the spring, and I think that's paid off a little bit. Um, Sterling Shepard, to me, has been the best route runner I've seen with the team so far um, this summer. One-on-one, -on -one, he's been nearly impossible to cover. He's been dominating um, defensive backs left and right. I think he's done a really good job with it. Um, just really tough to cover, especially in the slot. He's given William Gay fits, absolute fits, covering him in the slot. So I think he's done a wonderful job. Um, Dante Dion out of the slot um, has been the best slot corner so far, in my opinion. He's had about two or three interceptions. Unfortunately, he had to leave midway through practice yesterday with a hamstring injury. Um, hopefully it's not serious. It doesn't appear to be that serious, which is a good thing. And hopefully that'll get resolved uh, sooner rather than later uh, if you're the New York football giant. So um, when you take a look at it, I think Grant Haley's also in the mix. I don't think he's been quite as good as Dante Dion so far, but he's been okay. Um, and when you take a look at it, I, I think that's the competition between those two guys and William Gay, and we'll see where it goes. Uh, Odo Beckham, to me, has looked as athletic and explosive as I've seen him. Um, he's made a couple really big plays, uh, one big play down the field, a lot of other short passes as well. Um, he's shown off his good hands. I think he's been a pretty good player. Um, Evan Ingram has been very tough to cover. He had a couple red zone touchdowns in practice on Sunday. He also caught one down the seam, which I thought was a really, really nice play. Uh, so those are two good things, a few good things to see out of Evan Ingram over the course um, of practice. Um, we saw the first really short yardage type of you know runs and, and scrimmage from the Giants uh, yesterday doing some red zone run drills. I thought for the most part the defensive line got the better of the offensive line. Um, during that session, I think for the most part, the defense has gotten the better of the offense through the first four days of practice, which should not be a surprise. Usually every year at this time we say, well, you know what, the defense looks like it's ahead of the offense. So it shouldn't really surprise anybody. Um, so that's where we are with that. A couple other things I've been keeping an eye on. Uh, we had our first full kickoff drill yesterday, which is interesting. You saw the Giants kind of do that with the new rules for the first time and um, how they're exactly going to run those drills and, and do what they do. And the one thing that I noted and I'm not surprised by because I thought this would probably be the case, that there was a lot more room for the returners to run 
after they caught the pass based on the new rules with the kickers not being able to get a running start and a lot of the blocks happening up the field rather than back towards the returner. So uh, I thought that was interesting from watching the kicks uh, yesterday and just how the new rules might affect things. Um, we've seen some O-line, D-line, one-on-ones. I think the interior Giants offensive linemen have done a really good job uh, during those drills. I think for the most part on the perimeter, the defense has won on the inside. Uh, the offensive line has won. Will Hernandez has been solid. Uh, Patrick Omame, I thought, had a really nice day of practice yesterday. Got out in front on an Odo Beckham screen pass. He had two very good reps in offensive line one-on-ones. Um, John Halapio is still getting more first-team reps than Brett Jones, something to keep an eye on uh, over the course of training camp. Um, that's important to note. Um, but Jones still getting in the mix there. But I think Halapio really kind of, it's almost his position to lose at this point. And, of course, what these guys do in preseason games will be also uh, very, very important. Um, John Jerry, I thought, did very well in the one-on-ones yesterday. I thought he did a good job. Um, he went up against Josh Banks, if I recall, and he did a really good job stumping him twice. Um, other position battles, we've seen a different starting safety with the first group pretty much every day. Uh, we've seen Landon Collins and Darian Thompson. Landon Collins and Andrew Adams, uh, Landon Collins and I believe Curtis Riley one day, and then I think we saw Michael Thomas as well. So uh, they've been rotating that second safety, whoever's playing with Landon Collins, so I thought that's something interesting to keep an eye on. Um, the slot corner, I mentioned that position battle. Uh, Cody Latimer, for the most part, has been that third wide receiver. Um, I think he's been a little bit quiet, to be honest with you. He did a lot more in the spring. He hasn't been doing as much now. I mean, I guess not a surprise. You have Odell Beckham Jr. out there, so balls are going to fly elsewhere. I get it. Um, but he, for the most part, has been wide receiver number three after uh, Beckham and Sterling Shepard over the course of uh, of training camp. And I think they've all done a pretty good job. The quarterbacks have thrown the ball fine. I don't think they've been spectacular. Um, I don't think they've been bad. I think they've been okay. They've been fine. Um, I think the offense is still trying to kind of get into the mix a little bit and figure things out. As practice continues. By the way, let's get in your phones early and often at 201-939-4513. Hashtag Giants Chat. Get on the line. Give us a call. While the Tino's not here, I need something to talk to, folks. So it can be you. Again, 201-939-4513. Hashtag Giants Chat. Make sure you give us a call and uh, talk some Giants football. A couple other notes from yesterday's practice looking at my report. Uh, Rob Martin, the rookie from Rutgers. He was an undrafted free agent. He wasn't even signed right after the draft. In fact, he came to Giants rookie minicamp as a tryout. And I thought from what I saw at rookie minicamp that he really uh, had a good chance of getting a contract and making the team. And uh, that's been the case so far. So I thought that was a really good start for, uh, for Martin. Um, and I think he's done a pretty good job so far in, in the summer. Uh, yesterday, he had a couple of runs where you actually heard the, the crowd give audible oohs and ahs as he put a couple moves on giant defenders kind of uh, in the box at the line of scrimmage. So I thought that was uh, um, pretty impressive out of him. Josh Morrow made a couple nice plays in the backfield. Um, one, Saquon Barkley, maybe a little bit too hesitant back there. He kind of crashed from the outside and uh, and made a play, which was nice. Um, I think Eli Apple's been pretty good. He's been okay. Uh, he got called for a couple DPIs. Um, but other times he has gotten his hand on the ball and gotten his head around and, you know, located the ball in the air, which really um, has been a challenge for him over the course of his career. Uh, yesterday the Giants signed Kenneth Durden, um, the cornerback. They played Sam B on IR with that shoulder injury. And Durden actually made a nice play on practice uh, yesterday. Went up and uh, knocked away a red zone pass from Alex Tanney looking for Jewel Davis. And I thought he made a really nice play on the ball. So I thought that was a really nice play from him. Um, 
<clears throat> in those um, red zone running plays, I thought uh, in general the defensive line kind of won those battles. They didn't let the offensive line push him back. I thought they kind of won that battle at the line of scrimmage. Um, so I thought that was another thing to note from Giants practice. Again, Paul Dottino uh, will be with us in just a couple of minutes. I apologize if my voice cracks a little bit. I'm fighting the, the remnants of a weird illness that hit me for about 36 hours over the weekend where I had like 102 fever. I still came out here like an idiot. But um, still getting over that a little bit, a little sore throat. So if I'm a little scratchy today, that's why I apologize. Uh, so let's start the show and go with uh, Allen and DC first. Brandon, Allen, what's going on, pal? Hey, what's going on, sir? How, how's it going over there? I'm great, Allen. What's going on, man? Hey, man, I haven't had a chance to call, but, you know, I'm very excited about this year, man. I'm thinking that, you know, it's going to be it's going to be complete. Hopefully it's completely different than what happened last year. I mean, uh, with the plethora of injuries that we had, we couldn't really see the capabilities of this offense. Uh, I know the offensive line is a little bit different now, you know, with with some additions. But uh, my main question is, like, you know, I'm sorry if, I, if you covered this already, but, you yes, know, OBJ, I mean, how how's he looking? I mean, is he the same of what what you what we saw like in his earlier years, or you know, is he is he taking like kind of a step back, um, or is he just coming along in his progress? Um, I mean, is he going to be the caliber of player that we've always gone, gone accustomed to? He looks like the same guy to me, um, and that's from practice. Obviously, you want to see him in a game to know for sure. But I've been very encouraged. I've been very encouraged down from what I've seen from him. He gets separation. He gets down the field. He runs away from guys, and he has that bounce in his step that we usually see from OBJ. Just the other day, after practice, he like voluntarily ran hundred yard wind sprints just to try to, I guess, keep in good cardio shape. So uh, I think Odell's exactly where you want it from a health perspective. I uh, mean, that's really good to hear, man. I mean, and you know. I guess I'm one of the, I guess one of the few people that, you know, I guess I don't necessarily believe in, in picking a uh, Saquon Barkley so high, but I understand the decision, the rationale behind it, um, and also you know historically, you know, I think, you know, the Giants really haven't had uh, a really good running back in, in a long time. Yeah, Tiki. Uh, I mean, we, yeah, but um, you know, how do you how do you think? Uh, He's he's coming along and, and his part is I mean I hear he's a smart kid and he's picking up the offense pretty well but um, I just don't know exactly how it translates to the on the field uh, versus off the field. Yeah, Alan, I think that that's the most encouraging thing for me uh, because you know in practice you're not trying to tackle the guy so I think it's really hard for me to to judge his skills as a running back but so much of that is you know running through contact and you know things of that nature which you're not asked to do at practice but I was talking to Craig Johnson yesterday the running back coach and I asked him to tell me one thing about Saquon that you wouldn't know from watching him on the field that's impressed him. And he said, look, the thing that has pressed for, to me is that he's interested in the details. If we tell him to do something, he wants to know exactly why, how it impacts everybody else on the field, how it impacts the scheme. And he's very detail-oriented that way, and it's not surprising. I think I've seen him miss one blitz pickup since he got here in the spring, and that's it. So I like the fact that he's mentally involved, he's mature for his years, and he takes it very seriously. And I think all those are good things. Oh man, I, it's so good at here. I mean, Eli having somebody he could check down to, somebody he could trust on third down, somebody you know, somebody to that degree. Uh, but it's also going to be a very exciting time for the for, for us. There are so many pieces that 
we're we're, we're going to have a lot of a lot of talent, and just how we use that and how we structure it. Uh, and I know we have a new coaching um, regime and everything, but have do you think most of the moves for the coaches and all that has been finalized? Uh, and kind of what we have now is what we'll have for the season. Coaching wise, yeah, absolutely. Okay, great. Well, I mean that's that's pretty much it, man. I just Thanks, hope, Alan. Uh, I hope I, I hope we um, beat the Eagles, man. I I'm really I really hate them. So thank you, Alan. <laughs> I really and look I would, forward to that. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. I figured you're in DC. I figured you hate the Redskins more than the Eagles, but okay. Teach their own. I would be more worried about beating the Jaguars. That's your first team. Worry about beating them, and then worry about beating the Eagles later. One game at a time, folks. One game at a time. Charlie in Portland, Maine. I'll save you from Paul Dottino today, Charlie. You'll get me solo for the time being. What's up, buddy? Hey, John. I'll be your co-host for you. How's that? <sighs> <laughs> hey, John, we gotta we got to build up your immune system. I gotta send you some uh, a care package, man. It will help you out, Charlie. I'm uh, pa- I walk in and out of daycare every day, dropping off my yeah, daughter. I, know, I don't I have it. I don't have a chance in hell. <laughs> <laughs> I used to work in daycare. I totally understand that. They allowed but, you near kids every day. Who the heck oh, made yeah, that decision? This was a long time ago. <laughs> long time ago. <laughs> I used to work with all the ones that had had issues. Oh, but. that's nice. <laughs> but anyway, hey. um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, you know, I just heard I was going to ask you about Dion, but I, you kind of filled that in. It doesn't seem to be too serious. Yeah, but Charlie, I got to yeah. tell you, well, real quick, he's looked really good, and you know, I know. I, and he's 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 made plays on the ball, and you know, for a guy that's undersized, and I was actually talking to uh, Lou Anarumo, the DBs coach, about this today. And I said, the one thing that gets me about him is that he can turn around and locate the ball. And for a cornerback, it's such an important skill. And frankly, not a lot of them have it. But he can get right. his head around and locate the ball and make a play on it and really kind of elevate and get the ball at its height, which when you're only 5'8", five, 5'9", five, that's something you got to do. So I think he's really taken a nice step forward. And hopefully he'll just miss today with the hamstring. Tomorrow's a day off, and we'll hope he'll be back on the practice field on Thursday. On uh, Wednesday, yeah. pardon me. Yeah, I mean the, the the kid deserves to make you know to make the team. I mean, I just hope like injuries doesn't you know doesn't sideline him again because I think he can play. He's always right on the receiver and he's always fighting for the ball. Um, so um, I think he'd be, I hope he makes the fifty three because uh, you know I don't know what's going to happen with Gay. He hasn't been looking too good, but hey, he's a veteran. He's probably he's probably you know. Um, not given his, I mean, given his all, but you know what I mean? He's, he's waiting for the season to start being, you know, well, Charlie, uh, I gotta tell you, he, he better not wait for the season. Um, he, 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 I'm serious. (laughs) Like he, he he better show something in the preseason games. They're just not going to give this job to him because he's been in the league for a long time. He's going to have to play better. So uh, I think, you know, it's practice. I'll let that sit there for now. It's okay. He's been in the league a long time. I get it. But I think what happens in the preseason games for these slot guys is going to go a long way towards determining who's going to be that starter week one. Yeah. The other thing I've been uh, reading about in, in our second uh, offensive line unit is horrendous. That's what I've been reading, that they are really bad. They've struggled so, outside. Inside, it hasn't been so bad, but on, on, on the right. perimeter, it's it's been a little bit of a struggle. Yeah. So we, we still need to get in a, a veteran offensive tackle, if not one or two. I mean, at least they would be good swing tackle and, and backups better than what we've got. So I'm hoping that uh, Gettleman will be doing that 
fairly soon because I, I know he knows we need help there, and uh, I think he's going to try to get that done as, as you know, soon as possible. That's what I'm hoping anyway. Hey, Charlie, so, if there's someone out there they think is better than who's on the roster, they'll sign that player. That's all I could tell you. Yeah. How's, how's uh, Gerard Jones looked since he's, you know, he was the guy that was a D lineman and – Putting him in as offensive tackle, he's he's probably been terrible, right? Uh, you know what? I, I'll be honest, Charlie. I haven't really put the microscope on him and watched him. If you're putting yeah. the request, then I'll, I'll make sure I watch him a couple plays during practice today. If you want me to. All right. Yeah. Would you? That sounds yeah, good. Right. I'll do that. Hey, for John, you. get better. I'll send you some chicken mushrooms. It'll be great <sighs> for your immune system. It'll help you out. I appreciate it. <laughs> okay, John. I think instead of the mushrooms, I need like a FEMA suit to wear when I walk in to get my daughter from daycare. It's like a germ factory. It's killer. Uh, Dre in Atlanta, he's up next. What's up, Dre? Hey, what's going on, John? How's it going? I'm doing great. What's up, man? Not much. Long time no here. Hey, let me tell you something. That is a uh, occupational hazard when you have a toddler. Absolutely. So, <laughs> so, but, you know, one thing that no one has really been talking about, I think the the – Besides the lack of talent the Giants have had in the past, I think consistency. I'm looking more for I'm looking this season for consistency. We're built, you know. I want to say we're we're building a brand new team on a new team on a new regime. That's what I want to see. I think one of the most frustrating parts of being a Giants fan is we'll blow out a good team by 15 points, shut them down, and then we'll play a subpar team and we won't show up. And it got to the point where we knew after a large win. We were going to have a letdown the next the next game, so primarily I want to see us gel, and I just I really want to see some consistency, like some consistent play out of everybody, so we can you know, because I think that's what separates us from the upper tier team. Yes, we have the history, but when it comes down to consistent play day in day out, you know, I think that's where. A lot of fans see the frustration. What, Dre, what I hear you. I, I agree with you. And unfortunately, the Giants are not alone. I mean, there are, aren't a lot of New England Patriots out there, man. I mean, the, it's in the way the league is today, so much is determined by matchup and how well you play on that given Sunday. And that's going to determine how, how good you are. I mean, you back in like the early 90s with the Cowboys, you know, they could come and play their B game. They could still win by 17 points because they're that much better than everybody else. And, you know, so if you want to look at like the Broncos in 98-99, maybe a little bit, but go back to, you know, even the, the, the Glory Day Giants in the 80s, the Steelers in the 70s. I think every NFL, I think if you ask every NFL fan, they don't understand why one week they can come out and uh, beat a team like the Eagles and the next week you go lose to Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, I don't think teams fans understand that, and I know it doesn't make you feel any better, but I think it's more teams than this, than, than just the Giants. What I think is important, Dre, is you're never going to be consistent with everything, but I think what you really would like to see from this team is them to identify two or three characteristics that are their foundational skills where you can say every week I can count on that my team's going to be good at doing this. And I think the teams that are good and win consistently are the teams that have that foundation. You know, Dallas knows we have an offensive line. We're going to run every week. Uh, the Eagles last year knew every week they had a good offensive line. They could run every week. A team like the Packers, we have Aaron Rodgers. You know that he can create plays getting outside the pocket. Uh, the Steel, the Saints, we know Drew Brees can pick apart the opposing defense. The Tom Brady with the Patriots. Find one, two, or three things that you know you're good at that's going to be the core of why your team's good and be good at that week in, week out. The other stuff will come and go, and you can live with that. But you have to have something 
that's the foundation of what you do that you're good at. And I think that's what the Giants are trying to figure out. Yeah, I agree 100%, man. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, thanks for calling in, Dre. Long time no speak. Good to hear from you. 201-939-4513. Also check out Twitter at hashtag GiantsChat. If you want to take a look at our feed, I'll see if you have any questions. We can get to that. Uh, let's go to Bob in Chicago. He's been holding the longest. What's up, Bob? Hey, John. What's up? Oh, hey, um, Charlie pointed at a little bit on it. I wanted to know about the second tier of offensive linemen behind like flowers and if flowers attitude has um I, did the organization leave like a bad taste in his mouth and um my final question i'll go off the air is if saquon barkley doesn't get rookie of the year who do you think will outbeat him all right and thanks for taking my call hey i appreciate it bob uh let me take those one at a time i'll start with um flowers i don't think it's necessarily ever been an attitude problem with him. Um, he's not the most chatty guy. I get it. The, the off-the-field stuff, I get it. Uh, to me, it's a technique problem. No one's going to care if Eric Flowers is a little bit grumpy if he's a hell of a tackle. I mean, nobody's going to care. It's right for offensive line to be a little nasty, okay? Um, obviously, there's some stuff you can't do. I understand that. But he's got to get better technique-wise. And, and he had two reps yesterday in... Um, one-on-ones. One, his technique was good. He, he stopped cold. Romeo Okor on a power rush. And the other one, his technique wasn't good. He let Cree Martin get his hands inside, get that little straight arm, carried him into the backfield, and it's bad technique. He grabbed. He didn't punch. And that's what we talk about all the time with him. So I don't necessarily think it's attitude. I think it's, it's technique. And he hasn't shown the ability to improve that fast enough. And I think that's something he's continuing to work on. Um, as for the guys behind them, I think the second-team offensive line inside is okay. Look, John Jerry is a solid football player. Brett Jones is a solid football player. Um, John Greco's been in the league a long time. He knows what he's doing. He's not going to kill you either, okay? Um, the, the issue is tackle depth, and that's an issue around the NFL. There's not a lot of teams with multiple guys that can play offensive tackle, all right? So is that a concern? Yeah, I think it's a concern. I think it's a fair thing if you're a fan to be worried about. You hope these younger guys get better. You have Beckton at left tackle. You got Wheeler at right tackle. You hope those guys continue to improve and get better. Um, and we'll see where it goes. And the Giants can always, you know, figure things out. But I think don't expect any moves to be made until we get into preseason games and see the guys in, a, in the game, on the field against opponents before they make any decisions there. And then your last question. Oh, I knew I was going to forget. Oh, if Saquon Barkley doesn't win Rookie of the Year, who would win Rookie of the Year? That's right. That's a really good question. Rookie of the Year, is that by conference or is that by overall? It's offense and defense, right? So it would be offensive rookie of the year. If I had to predict, okay, let's say, for example, if Saquon doesn't win offensive rookie of the year, who else would be in the mix? Well, I think you got to look at the quarterbacks, right? I mean, I think you got to think Baker Mayfield, if he's going to be the starter in Cleveland. When is he going to take over for Tyrod Taylor? I don't know. Um, I would not pick Josh Allen in Buffalo. I think a sleeper is Josh Rosen in Arizona. It would not shock me if he's the offensive rookie of the year. He's got David Johnson, which makes his life a lot easier. They added some offensive linemen. He's got Larry Fitzgerald to throw the ball to. Um, he's got a good offensive mind down there. And you have other running backs, though, too. I mean, Ronald Jones, if he gets a number one job in Tampa, I think that could be a nice little combination. How about Darius Geis in Washington? He's, he might get double-digit touchdowns for them. Rashad Penny, what if he's a three-down back in Seattle? 
That's a possibility. What if DJ Moore catches 80, boor, 80 balls in uh, Carolina? Not impossible. But if I had to name a favorite, I don't think Darnold's going to start right away for the Jets. By the way, if you folks didn't see it, they report out there that Darnold and the Jets did come to a contract agreement right before the show. So we will be reporting to camp, which is good to see. I like, you know me, I love Sam Darnold. I think he's a great kid. I'm very impressed by him. I think he's going to be a good player. I know he plays for the Jets. Sorry, that's just how I feel. And I'm, I'm rooting for him. Um, I don't think him and Baker are going to start right away. I don't, I don't know if they're going to give the nod to Rosen over Bradford right away either. It's just hard for me to predict. Until I know which one of those quarterbacks is going to start right away, it's hard for me to predict which one to have the favorite to win Rookie of the Year. The running back I'll pick is Ronald Jones as the second one after Barkley. I have a good feeling about him. And then if I had to pick a quarterback... Because of the weapons around them, I'll go with Josh Rosen. Oh, Baker. They've just been so firm about Tyrod Taylor playing a lot there this year. I don't know. It's a good question. So you got me thinking. It's a good question. Let's talk a little as we get further into camp. I know what quarterback's going to play early. And then I'll have a better answer for you. Duke in Queens. He's up next. Hi, Duke. Yo, John. What's up, man? What's up, buddy? I was there on Saturday, and uh, I couldn't find you. I, I saw Paul. I, had to say, I got to say what up to Paul, and I was asking where you were. He's like, I don't know. Yeah, because w Paul. Were you there on Saturday? Yeah, Paul has to be by the with the media, which is over there by the fence. I'm in the yeah. middle. I'm in the middle between the fields, like right on the sideline. So that's why you probably oh, okay. didn't see me. I, was, I think Saturday I was wearing the bucket hat. If you saw a guy that was wearing like the blue bucket hat, because, I, because I'm trying, I'm trying not to burn. That was me. <laughs> okay. Um, so I wanted to get my observations from that day, and I, and of course, I have a question. Yeah, sure. Um, man, Chad Wheeler was a complete letdown. I mean, I don't, I don't want to bash too much, and I know he's still learning. But I thought that there was a there was a competition between him and Eric Flowers, and after seeing what I saw, uh, he was getting destroyed in the second team. Not even the first, in the second team, he was getting completely destroyed. I don't even think there's there's a challenge. I think Eric Flowers has it. He's going to start without a doubt. And the only way Chad sees uh, a start is if Eric Flowers gets injured. Um, I wanted to say that, and, and of course, you can get a feedback after. Um, also, Lorenzo Carter, a lot bigger than I thought he was. I remember like a month ago or two months ago, I was like, oh, he needs to gain weight. Yo, this dude is huge. He's really big. I, I saw him next to OV, and I was like, wow, there's not that much difference. The only difference really to me was that he's a little bit taller, you know, because I think he's 6'5". So he looked great. He played great. Um, and before I go to my second question, my first question to you, to follow that up is, what do you think his stats are going to be, his projected stats this upcoming season is? Uh, boy, that's a good question. Um, and it's kind of hard to... Yeah, yeah, it's very hard. I mean, I, I, let me put it this way. I think if Carter gets five or more sacks, it should be considered an extremely successful rookie season. Yeah, huge. That would be huge. And he's coming off the edge, too. And he's fast. I would love for Connor Barwin to uh, help him out with some of the moves, man. Oh, sure. And I know that's yeah, right. And I, and I know that's one of the reasons why they brought him in to sort of help Lorenzo Carter. You know, when you look at like the, the guys that he has around him, they have a lot of experience, man. You have one linebacker that's great with the mic. 
communication at Ogletree. Then you have another linebacker in OZ who, who had 14 sacks in one season and, uh, or something like that. Or um, I might be mistaken with Bar, uh, Connor Barwin. I think Barwin had 14. One yeah. Bar, Bar, and Barwin the other had 14. One, huh? Yeah, Barwin had 14. I think OV's high was exactly. uh, 12 and a half maybe or 11 and a half. I got to double check that. Exactly. So when you look at like what uh, Gettleman is trying to do, man, he's trying to create a beast out of Lorenzo Carter, which, you know, I would love for that to happen. Um, I also wanted to say that uh, to the to the like an answer to that guy's question, the last caller. I think besides Saquon Barkley, I think Sony Michelle might have a good chance. Yeah, I forgot win. about him. I forgot about yeah. him. The only, the only thing, Duke, yeah. is that the Patriots split their carries so much. I I hesitate picking a Patriot running back because they split those carries up so they much. Do. You know, they they do do that. But the weird thing is. They never have the greatest running backs. I mean, besides Blount, Blount is a beast. But besides Blount, they never had the greatest running backs, and the running backs always did pretty good, man. Well, how's you got Tom like, Brady? <laughs> yeah, of course, right? <laughs> you know, you had a you had a decent O line. Um, and and uh, my my second question to you is. Um, OBJ, do you see him being the uh, bounce back player of the year? And if you could, give me his stats, and I'll take it off the air with that. Thank you, Duke. Um, I'll Thanks, tell you what, guys. it is going to be a very interesting battle for comeback player of the year this year. Because you have so many guys that got hurt last season. Remember last season, how many guys went out with season and the injuries? Uh, I'll go through them for you if you want. Aaron Rodgers, J.J. Watt, Odo Beckham Jr., David Johnson, How's four right there? So it's going to be a hell of a battle for comeback player of the year. Beckham stats. Did I do a Beckham over-under here? I did not. Well, let's do that now. I have Eli stats and I have Barkley stats for over-unders for this year. I would like to have Paul here, and I'll, I'll run these by Paul when he gets in. I have Brandon here as my sounding board here. I'll ask him what he thinks of these numbers. So what we try to do here is try to figure out good numbers um, that would represent what we think an average of what Odell Beckham Jr.'s numbers would be this year. And then we you know, we could figure out whether or not the people that call in, or me, Lance, and Paul, and the host or whatever, think that he's going to go over or under what those numbers are. So here's the trick for Odell Beckham Jr. No one doubts his ability, his history, and all that stuff. So we know he's going to be really, really good. The question is for me, and I think that makes this a little bit difficult, is that the Giants now have so many weapons you wonder how many targets he's going to get as compared to past years. For example, in 16 games in 2016, he had 169 targets. That's more than 10 a game. In 2015, he had 159 targets in 15 games. Again, a little bit more than 10 a game. So I'm not sure he's going to average 10 targets a game this year. You're going to run the ball more at Saquon. You're going to throw the ball more to Saquon. You got Shepard. You got Ingram. I don't think he's going to get that many targets. So I think that's an issue right off the bat, okay? So his two catch numbers in his two full seasons, I'm going to throw out his 91-catch rookie year, but he's only had 12 games. He had 96 catches in 2015 in 15 games at 101 in 2016. I'm going to put his over-under for catches in 2018 at 95. And if you average that out, that's around an average of six catches per game over the course of the year. I think that's fair. Um, he had 1,367 yards in 2016, 1,450 yards in 2015. Now, I do think he's going to be a big, big, big play guy. 
They're going to try to get to him down the field. I like the fact that they're using him in the slot, too, to mix it up a little bit. I'm thinking 13. Maybe. I'll go 1350. Let's go 1350. Just because I really think Ingram and Shepard are both going to have more than 60 catches, so it makes it hard. Um, touchdowns. 12 is rookie year, 13 and 15, 10 and 16. I think 10 for touchdowns is still a fair over-under. I think that's a good number for him. And then obviously yards per catch. I'll have to do a quick some quick math here because I have to take my over-unders for catches and yards and then turn them into yards per catch, right? That's the only way to do it to make it make any sense. So let's see. If Odell Beckham Jr. has 1,350 receiving yards on 95 catches, that would equal 14.2 yards per catch. And I think that's a good number, too. So that's what I got for OBJ. 95 catches, 1,350 receiving yards, 10 touchdowns, 14.2 yards per catch. And again, if he was on a team without a lot of other weapons, I think he could have 110 catches for 1,500 yards or 1,600 yards and 12 or 13 touchdowns. I just think the Giants are going to spread the ball out a little bit, which I think is better for the team, by the way. So I'm curious to see what Paul's take on this is when he gets back in here. 201-939-4513. If he ever gets back in here, maybe he's completely abandoned me or forgotten about me. I'm not sure what's going on. Uh, <laughs> we got about 25 minutes left in the show, folks. Again, get on the line. I need people to talk to. Um, we have some open lines if you want to get in. The 201-939-4513. Dave in North Carolina will join us next. Hi, Dave. Hey, what's going on, man? What's up, Dave? Um, I'm one of those weird guys like Paul that um, – Enjoy the actually watching the preseason games. I know they're always wanting to eliminate them, and uh, you know going back and forth about that. But yeah, I like them too. You know, you know, every now and then you you see some things that end up translating into the uh, the regular season. I, I remember um, when they drafted Ron Dane. To me, that preseason, I just saw something different in Tiki. May just you know, of course, now I can say that because it turned into something. But um, <laughs> you know. Uh, Victor Cruz, you know, we saw him make some big plays and, and turn into something special. So, you know, I, I enjoy watching it. And one thing I'm really looking forward to um, this preseason, and i kind of interested to get your take on it, it just seems like the last, man, I don't know how many years, watching the Giants' first-team offense is, I mean, it's hard to watch. It has been hard to watch. Even that third preseason game, when they're getting a lot of reps, I mean, it just looks dysfunctional. It looks like a mess. And then we get people calling in, oh, it's just preseason. It's just preseason. They'll turn it around. They'll turn it around. And in the first two weeks of the season, they look like garbage again. I want to see with all these weapons, and granted, we won't get to see them probably all through that third preseason game, but I would love my wish list would be a nice, crisp, preseason by this first team offense actually able to move the ball down the field get a couple first downs um that's my ultimate wish list for this uh, this preseason what i'm looking forward to i'll take it off there and uh, hear your comments thank you dave and i'll be very succinct i agree one thousand percent and look, if the offense doesn't do great in the preseason, I'm going to be the first one to say oh it's just a preseason don't overreact and i think it's a fair thing to say however you are at 
absolutely right in that the offense the last couple of years in the preseason has looked really, really poor. And frankly, in practice, it didn't look that great either. Um, the offense this year, I, I like the structure of it better. They haven't hit their stride yet in practice. I'm hoping when we get out there today at 245, we'll see the offense make some more consistent plays. I've seen defensive backs get their hands on footballs way too much for me to be comfortable. But I agree. I think it's important for this offense to get into a groove, move the football, march up and down, and look like you want them to look in the regular season. I think that's really, really important. Um, and I'm confident it's going to happen, to be honest with you. I think it's a better system. I think it fits Eli Manning better, and I think it's going to work. Um, yeah, but I agree. Look, I am I going to quit and panic if the offense doesn't look good? No. But I think given what we've seen the last couple years in the preseason, and what you said is 100% right, where the offense has just looked bleh, bleh, for lack of a better term, bleh, you want to Eh? I'll tell that. Eh? Maybe something like that? Get a little excited? I'd like to see that too. I'm with you. 201-939-4513. That's what you call in-depth analysis. T in Maryland. He's up next. Hi, T. John, it's been so long since I've actually called in. How have you guys been? I'm great, T. What's happened with you, pal? I'm happy. Guess what? Everyone's talking about Saquon, which he's probably going to have a spectacular rookie year. I picture him having a Joe Morris 1986-type season. 20 touchdowns, 1,400 yards. Call me a dreamer, whatever. That's a lot of touchdowns. Yeah, it is. But, hey, you know what? The kid is phenomenal. I, I mean, he just is. Everyone's talking about Odell, bounce-back season. Yeah, I hope he does have, what you say, over under 1,300, 10 touchdowns. Yeah. I, I, I'll take that. You know who's going to have a monster season? Will Hernandez. How many he's touchdowns is he going to score, T? The season of season <laughs> for a rookie lineman. I'm telling you, he's going to have it. You know why? The kid comes in and has a fight with Snacks Harrison. That just tells you everything you need to know about this kid. So I'm looking forward to him having a great rookie season. And by the way, my son and I will be up there Wednesday to watch practice. Nice. He's taking a day off from work to do it. This is the first year we didn't get up there for more than two practices. Like, we hadn't been to one practice yet. So we're taking the day off in the middle of the week. Well, I'm taking the day off. He's just going to ride. You know, kids, they don't have any responsibilities <laughs> yes. to eat, sleep, and play games. So we'll be up there, and hopefully I get a chance to see you yeah. and, um, and everyone else. So we look that's forward what to I it. wanted to say. What is your take on it? Because you're excited about, well, you're, how, how, how do you say it? You're cautiously excited. Oh, yeah, well, look, it's practice. It's the summer. We're not playing yet. Everything I am is is, is, is cautious at this point. Um, but I love the structure of the offense, and you can't argue with the weapons in the offense. I don't think it's hit its stride yet. It hasn't um, all come together quite yet. Not everything is completely in sync, but I think it will get there. And when it does get there, I think this offense is going to be fine. I'm not worried about the offense. I'm more worried about the other side of the ball. So that's kind of where I stand, T., despite what we've seen in practice the past the first four or five days. Right. But cool. Well, look, man, hey, you have fun. And, John, I'll see you Wednesday, man. Have a good one. Hey, you too, T. Good to hear from you, man. 201. And safe driving up here when you come up here on Wednesday. Another practice open to the public, by the way. 2.45 start on Wednesday. David Cranford, he's up next. Hello, David. How are you, John? What's up, buddy? 
it's a little nice just getting just talk with you. One of the things you say a lot, which I just wanted to reemphasize, that I think, and you probably giving your comments agree with this. I think if you look across the league and say where is there a lack of depth or a problem in terms of of positions, I think O tackle oh, is yeah. is probably got to be at the top of the list. Absolutely, absolutely. It, right now, Pete, in my opinion. The hardest position to find in football, other than a quarterback, is a good starting offensive tackle, and it's not close. You, you, you see guys that are decent players, you know, getting paid top money, which tells you a lot. Yep. And then I, and then I, so I think you're right. I, I think that, uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that they're that we still, you know, being number two on the waiver wire, I think is a definite advantage as as cuts you know but but even the way cuts come down john it's not the old days right it's you know it's it's after the last it's the after the fourth game i mean guys can yep. be cut at any time i get that but for the big volume of cuts you know you're looking you know you're talking about you know you're talking about maybe bringing a guy in that could be a swing tackle at the end um, yeah, but, but Dave, here's you know, the thing: Who's letting? We just talked about how how yep. so many teams don't have good offensive tackles and how bad the depth is at that spot. What team's going to just start releasing good offensive tackles? If anything, they're going to try to trade that player and get something back for them because other teams, quite frankly, yep. like the Giants, are so desperate for a good offensive tackle. Why wouldn't they try to get something for him before they release him because he'll be in such high demand? So my guess, if any really good tackles, which I don't think will happen, by the way, do end up on the cutting block at the end of August, beginning of September, there will be a lot of phone calls, and they'll end up with another team via trade before they ever hit the waiver wire. That's my opinion. I I don't disagree. John, comment on this, though, you know, because I think this was one of our problems last year. There were many on the offensive line, but... Let's just assume for a second that the starting five is what we've been seeing rolling out there, and Brett Jones is the main backup. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so if one of those, you know, right guard, left guard, center goes down, yeah, it looks to me that Brett Jones steps in 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 any one of those positions, right? Or and, or what they could do too. Remember, Halapio was a guard before he played yep. center, so maybe they would put Jones in oh. at center and then move Halapio to one of the two guard spots. Okay. Okay. That's so also possible. My 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 point is not super disruptive. No. You know. You know. In that in that regard, because you're bringing in in that in your example a guy that's had a lot of great snaps um, right. at center with a lot of experience, and then Halapio with that experience. So so I like that. Uh, the the issue to me is that Wheeler, ironically, is actually he's not really that great at either spot, but I think he has more comfort playing left tackle than he does right tackle. Oh, he absolutely and, does. You're, you're absolutely right. I agree with that 100%. And so, to me, the issue is, you know, God forbid, and this is like, please, I don't even want to say the words, but, you know, Nate Solder goes down. Does that become a two-move, you know, injury in the sense that do they sit there, and I know fans are going to scream, and say, hey, Flowers has got more experience. Do we move him to, you know, or... Or do they say, you know what, we keep Eric where he is, try to get the best out of him, and do we move Wheeler over there? To me, it's the, again, it's back to the same good question. question. It's a good question. It's a good question, Dave. It's a really good question. I don't know the answer.
By the way, we welcome in Paul Dettino. Um, Greetings. They, they, they finally managed to, to unlock him and fix the lock that had him trapped inside the tanning booth, and he has made his way back over to the BBK. Set. I so, needed help of the fire yes. department. So I, I'm not sure if you caught the question. I think it's a really good one from uh, Dave and Cranford. God forbid Nate Solder gets hurt. Yes. Does Flowers go to left tackle with Wheeler at right? Or Wheeler since he has much more experience at left tackle, does he go in at left tackle for Solder and you leave Flowers at the right side? I don't know that you can answer that today because I think they still need to see more of both of those guys during the preseason. I agree with that answer. But if you had to make the call today, what would be your call? If I had to make the call right now, I would probably put Flowers at left tackle. But if I had to make that call a month and a half, two months from now, I might think differently. I, I think, John, my point that we, you and I were talking about is as much as the depth concerns me, it's gotten a lot of press, I think they actually have the ability. I think one of the things last year, besides a whole lot of other issues, was just the fact that once one guy went down, the dominoes of Pew was playing here and then he was over there and this yeah. guy was moving here and this guy was moving there, there was very little continuity, it was a domino effect, I think they have, mainly because of Jones, being able to step in, whether it's at center or at the two-guard position, and the flexibility of Jalapio. Right. You know, um, I think they, and, and by the way, just one last thing on him, you know, I went back and looked at the Eagle game that he played right guard at, and, and you know, he, I can see what they're thinking about him at center, because in a phone booth, and particularly with a bull rush, he was able to drop anchor something that and 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 played very well against Fletcher Cox, you know, who mm -hmm. who needs no you know explanation. It's true, you know, I would say that he where he struggled was in space, and and when sure. when Fletcher Cox got onto the edge of him, he definitely struggled there. But you know, which I could see at center, it can happen, but it's less of a sure. issue because you're. You're more square to the to the blocker, so I, I really think that that combination is is what they were well, what they're looking for. And Dave, and I, remember I this think can be really good. Yeah, remember this too, Dave, and, and and thanks a lot for the call. We appreciate the you other too, thing. The other, the, the other thing to note too is it's not going to be just Wheeler and Jones and your theoretical backup offensive line. There's going to be a third guy. You're going to have eight offensive linemen on the 53. Might even be nine. So you're going to get a straight-up guard there, too, whether it's John Greco or John Jerry or somebody else. My guess is to be one of the two veterans, if I had to guess now. So, Scott. Yeah, it could be T Tim Scott, right? That's his first name, Tim? I'm forgetting his first name. I think name. it's Tim. The gentleman who um, came over from the Panthers. Correct. Long hair. I, 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 I believe it's Tim Scott. Um, I don't have a roster in front of me here. I mean, I do. Let's, let's see how recent this is. I'm forgetting. But um, either way, you'll have a straight-up guard, too. So you might not have to do the Jones at center, Jalapio at guard move if you do that type of thing as mm -hmm. well. Yeah, I, I agree with you, John. I, I think the important thing to uh, to talk about when you're dealing with this offensive line, though, is that obviously... Chris Scott. It is Chris. I know it was something else I thought, but I wasn't sure. You, you know, you really want to get some kind of chemistry going with these guys, their combo blocks, their signal calling, their communication. Pat Shermer has said to us several times, the most important thing that the winner at center has to do is communicate properly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's key number one. He said that two days ago. He said it multiple times. Yeah. So that's the most important thing for that spot. Now, when you're talking about the backup left tackle, well, again, what I'm talking about with Wheeler is – 
The Giants don't know of him really as a pass protector on the blind side for Eli. They may know more about that after watching practice a month or two in, which is why potentially they'd like to, I would think, keep continuity. And if they could, and if they had confidence in Wheeler. Remember, let's Wheeler say, did play left tackle all year last year, though. A little bit. Not, he didn't get much game, game no, action. No, but in practice, yeah, like but in the training game, game action's different. But he, my point is that he hasn't played right tackle since high school. No, no, but he's been working out since the whole offseason at right tackle. I understand that, but he still might be much more comfortable at the left side. I would think they would have to, to, to have some sense of comfort level in him on the left side before they pulled Flowers out of the right tackle spot again, which is why I'm telling you my answer today is different than the answer I might have in five weeks. See, I think the bigger question would be, based on Wheeler's play, maybe they just don't have any confidence on, uh, with him on the right side but they have more confidence with them on the left Either side. Either way, right. I think they need more information about sure. Wheeler because, let's face it, much like Pat Shermer and his coaching staff are new here, uh, they don't know enough about the players either. Sure. Very early. Um, all right, we got four calls, Brandon. Let's not screen anybody else. Great. Uh, we'll take these four. And um, before we get to that, Paul, I want to ask you one thing. So somebody called up and requested I do over-unders for Odell Beckham Jr. Because we did them for Barkley and Manning. Okay. So I wanted to run these by you to see if you're okay with them. I'll be okay? quick. Go. Odo Beckham Jr. catches 95. Under. Think that's a good number, though? I'm thinking in the 80s. Well, I actually think that's way too high, then. Yeah, I do. Okay. Because I think that there are there are too many passes that can go elsewhere. That'll be average six catches a game. I think that's, uh, to me, that sounds about right. Six catches a game. Mm. Five catches a game would have you at 80. Mid-80s for me is where I think he's going to land. 1,350 receiving yards. I'm going to go higher. But you think that's a good number? I think that's a good number. Okay. Ten touchdowns. Very good number. I'll go for 12. Okay. And wide 14 yards per catch. 14.2 yards per catch. Well, if I go with the over on the yardage, I have to go over on You have to go that. Correct. Okay. Done. So that's going up on the board. Okay. <laughs> All right, so we got four calls. Let's do it at 201-939-4513. Pete in Staten Island. He's up next. Hey, Pete. Hey, good afternoon. How you guys doing? Hi. We're great, Pete. Boy, I love when you put the bandle so late number four on. You know, you're really looking hot. <laughs> Unbelievable. He goes on vacation to the sun. He does. Anyway, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. We Italians, we got to keep up our good looks, Paul. All right, Paisan, what do you got? All right, listen, you know, John, you, I'm going to segue, you know, you, you pretty much answered my question already. Uh, first off, what is our cap space right now? It's like eight or 900000 right? It's, 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 I'm not going to say non-existent, but you don't have anything significant available to make any big moves. Right, very small and still fluid. Let's make that very clear. Right. right. Now, you know, my question is, um, and... John, you just alluded to it with your uh, previous caller, and, you know, you were talking about the offensive tackles, and, you know, i got to believe it's going to be very thin, I mean, very slim pickings, if anything at all. Um, But my question is, if we were to release or cut, let's say a John Jerry, an Armstrong, and let's say a Lewis, would that free up cap room? I think it's like it has to be about $2 million. Am I about correct yeah, on it, that? Yeah, it would be actually a little more than that, but 
you know, right now those guys are competing for jobs. I mean, yes. to release them now would be foolish. Right, I remember, too, some of that money might be needed. A lot of times what the cap will do and the money you have to allocate, it doesn't include bonuses guys can make, so yeah. money has to be reserved to pay those bonuses That's off at too. the end of the year, too. Right, and, the, and, you, and also the rookie contracts, right? The, uh, is that well, the rookie, the rookie contracts are done, are done already. Those They're are done. done now, yeah. Oh, okay. So, you know, I, I mean, obviously it's very thin, you know, the slim pickings for offensive tackles and wishful thinking because everybody is looking for offensive tackles. And, and they're in a much better position than we are as far as capital. So I can't imagine anybody uh, being, you know, significant there. All right. Here's, um, here's good news for you. You're talking yeah. about guys who might get released or, and, and available for pickup. The Giants are number two behind the Browns on the waiver list. Okay? So that means any veteran who is of four years actually has to be less than four years in the league. If he's more than four years in the league, he gets cut. He's an automatic free agent, street free agent. But if he is less than four full years in the league, he has to go through waivers, which then means the Browns get the first shot at claiming him and the Giants get the second shot. So if there's any tackles or cornerbacks in particular, if those are your places of interest, be aware that the Giants have the second pick in what becomes the waiver draft. And this is the point I made to Dave and Cranford, however. Tackles are so scarce now. Everybody needs a good backup tackle, right? Everyone, if you're a team and you have a good tackle that you're going to let go, you want to trade them if you can. Bingo. If you can. And we've seen the Giants be on the other end of that before. Yes, they we traded have. Ryan Grant. Um, they've traded for a punter and stuff like that towards the end of camp. So, and I said this right before you walked in, if a tackle does change teams right before the season, I think there's a better chance it happens via a trade for a conditional pick than it does over the waiver wire. John, that makes perfect sense. But, again, the Giants have to like the fact that they are the oh, number of course, two no team question. in line sure. should somebody spring free. Absolutely. Because I don't I don't think the Browns are looking for a tackle. Thanks for the call, man. I appreciate it. The Browns are All looking right, more guys. for a corner than they are a tackle. I remember, though, did they, have they replaced Joe Thomas at left tackle yet? Who's their left tackle? You know, they got like three guys, though, they're, they're very high on, on the depth chart. And you think that if they go through training camp with those guys at least a couple of weeks, if who they like they, what though? they see. I don't even know who they are. I, I can't Hold remember on. all the names. I'll check it out. But they, they have guys that they're they're pretty pretty happy with or at least trying to cultivate, and that's a big deal for them. Sean Coleman. Oh, they're putting, oh I forgot they're putting Austin Corbett at left tackle. There you they go. They drafted him. I forgot they're putting – I remember he, he's – I think of him as a guard, so I so, forgot they're putting him at left so, tackle. So, okay. you know, there's then, a chance yeah, a decent tackle. Remember, sure. though, he's got to be less than four full years – of NFL experience. Four vested years is where the delineation is between free agency and waiver. So the Giants couldn't claim Will Beatty? You just broke Charlie's heart, Paul. Sorry, Charlie. You broke his heart. 201-939-4513. Let's go back to the phones. Wally in D.C. is up next. Hi, Wally. Hey, John. Hey, Paulie, man. Love you guys, man. Great with the information. What up? I got a quick question. How does playbooks work? Okay, we had a previous coach, uh, Ben McAdoo. He brought in his own playbook. Now we got Pat Sharma, who's running his own offensive plays as well as a defensive coordinator. So my question is, is, is there like a library in every organization where they pick what playbook they want to run? Do they bring their own playbook? Exactly how does that work? Although, Wally, I think it's actually a really interesting question. It's a fun question um, to answer. And what 
play, coaches will come in and they have their core set of plays that they like. Mm-hmm. And those will go in. And then over the course of the season, they will add and subtract plays out of that book based on what the head coach, the offensive coordinator, and even some of the position coaches can throw some stuff into the mm-hmm. mix too. And it'll rotate in and out. And they'll literally draw the plays and they'll put them into a binder and put them into a, a binder that all the players get. They'll also get input into iPads now and the players will get those plays in the iPad. And that's how they'll put it together. It's not like there's like a big like library shelf with like no. a bunch of plays and you take them out. But the, the yeah, coaches will literally so design them and like draw them out and that's what goes in the binder. I will tell you what uh. there is though. There is an electronic database of every single offensive, defensive, and special teams play that's been run in the National Football League. And these coaches have the ability to go into that database and, shall we say, borrow and or steal plays that they have seen other teams run. Well, I mean, For example, they would get those plays off a of game film, though, right? Well, yeah, they don't get them out of a playbook. They well, right. get them off of game film. Correct, yes. Because every play, every play is cataloged in the database. Right. So what you have in a copycat league like the NFL, you will have a bunch of teams who have looked at what the Eagles did with their RPOs last year mm-hmm. because they were so successful. And a bunch of teams have gone back, looked up those RPOs on the database, watched the tape, diagrammed them, and said, you know what, we're going to steal some of those plays and put them into our playbook. Remember what happened with the read option? Exactly. Yep. So that that does happen, but it's a little different than the way you've described it because they don't actually get the physical playbook, so to speak. Okay. Okay, I get it. And that works for defense also? Yes, sir. Yes. And special teams. Oh. Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. Hey. That was interesting. Thanks, sure Wally. Thing. Good question. That was a nice little off the beat question. I like that. Fun. Uh, Bilo is in New Orleans. What's up, Bilo? What's going on, y'all? What's going on? Hi, Hi man. Hey, I got uh, two questions, but first I want to get to the comments. Go ahead. All right, be quick, man. We only got a few minutes. All right. Uh, first, I want to say uh, the offensive line looked it. excellent. I was at Saturday's training camp, and I w- the offensive line and defensive line was working out right in front of me. The first team was flawless. The second team, I can see why people questioning Chad Wheeler because I did see him at the right tackle. And I did see uh, the rookie, I forgot his name, Lorenzo Carter. Yes, the outside linebacker. I did see him go right past him, so that is a concern. I can see why everybody's worried. But my two questions, where is the video? I missed it. It happened so fast, both plays. Sterling Shepard. The very first play of one-on-ones, it was on the right sideline. Oh, I yeah. want to say it was William Gay I that think, was I uh, think so, responsible yeah. for him. Yeah. He hit him so quick and so fast, nobody knew what was going on until Sterling Shepard caught the ball and was walking in the end zone. Yeah, and below, that's, and below that, that's why I said at the start of the show, to me, the best receiver that I've seen in practice so far has been Sterling Shepard. He's made a lot exactly, of guys look silly man. in one-on-one exactly. coverage. He's a tough cover. Yeah. Exactly, and the second one was when uh, Olivia Vernon welcomed Jonathan Stewart to the Giants. <laughs> it was a screenplay. Uh, I think Eli threw him a screen, and Vernon whipped around the uh, pulling the pulling lineman and smacked him in the backfield. <laughs> and I need those two videos. <laughs> 
Hopefully they'll make a lot of those plays during the season and you'll get to see them again. Thank you, Below. Hopefully. All right, y'all take care. Hey, you too, buddy. Be good. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for coming down to practice. All right, final call of the show. We're already past two, Coach Marvin. So I'm going to ask you to put the express button on a little bit for me. What's up, Coach? How you doing, Paul and John? What do you say? I guess I got to speed it up today. Uh, one, I want to know how um, one of my players I got uh, feel that he's going to be most improved, Eli Apple. I want to know how his uh, practice been going so uh, I, I, I wouldn't say he's been a shut down guy, but he certainly has looked fair. better. But That's he fair. certainly has looked better. He's done a really good job um, getting his head around and actually locating the ball mm-hmm. in the air, something he struggled with in the past. I think he's really improved in that aspect. I've been, He's been better than solid. He's, I've been very happy with what I've seen from Apple so And I far. think Coach Shermer's comments about him being focused and being very happy with his yes. work ethic and being a good teammate, those are probably as important, if not more important, than what we've seen on the field. You're seeing him make plays. You're not seeing any nonsense stuff on the sideline after plays. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, that's, that's really good to hear. We'll see preseason games. I'm hoping to be there this Thursday to, to see the practice. This Great. Thursday, I plan to be in there. Um, the other thing was um, with Flowers, um, noticing that, you know, at times Flowers got his hands on his side. I don't know if they're doing any drills with, uh, with anything where it can, he can put hold in both hands and put around his neck to keep his hands up. Coach Marvin, any- Coach Marvin, let me hands? tell you something. I've got to interrupt you. They've been trying to get him to do that for five years. Right. I, I, I agree with that, but I'm wondering, if, are they doing any drills yes. where – Yes, yes. you – Okay. They yes, are absolutely. Um, uh, something Work in progress. Yeah. Something for Paul real quick. Um, I met with some coaches last week. They wanted to hear my um, how I ran my team up in Boston. And happens the head coach happened to be Beasley Reese's son. Oh, nice. Wow. Yeah, I haven't heard that name. He was one of my favorite players back in those days. Great guy. Been a long time. Very intelligent player uh, with the Giants. He had been a cup of coffee with Dallas, also played with Tampa Bay. Terrific yeah. safety. And wasn't he a Westwood yeah. One broadcaster, Beasley? He Reese? did a lot of work with CBS and NBC. NBC, okay. Uh, and uh, number 28. Really enjoyed him. Yeah. Great guy. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I met with his son, Brett, uh, last week. Mm-hmm. So, um, but, uh, I hope to see you guys Thursday and uh, get to meet you face to face. Hey, we'd love so, to. Please do, Marvin. All right, guys. Thank you. That's Thank Coach you. Marvin. Paul loves him. He uh, he brings a lot to the table every time he calls. He's a good caller. Smart football guy. Great guy. Do you have anything you want to add before you say goodbye? You don't have a chance to kind of give a spiel. You kind of just jumped right I in. know. Uh, <laughs> hey, <laughs> you know. How I was the interview, by the way? Was it good? Went very well. How long, how long please, did it take? Please check out, well, there was a lot of technical issues we had to work through. But Ahmad Bradshaw, uh, the legendary Giants running back, two-time 1,000-yard rusher, two-time Super Bowl champ, he stopped in today. He's going to be part of our MSG show, which airs tonight at oh, 6 o'clock. Tonight show. Tonight's show, That's 6 p.m. Quick turnaround. Uh, and uh, we're looking forward to, to talking to Ahmad. You'll, you guys will have a lot of fun. David Deal was on set with me, so you can imagine the byplay with those two guys. I simply want to say this is the third straight day of padded practices, as John has no doubt told you. And I do think to this point, one of the things that I've really noticed, besides the plays that each, guys have, each guy has made, I've seen focus. I've seen discipline. I have not seen very much sloppiness at all in these practices, John. First day, there were a ton of penalties. Since then, it's gotten a lot better. Yeah, but 
penalties no are mistakes. We haven't it's not seen sloppiness. one fumbled snap the whole practice. No, not one. Not one. Not which one. is amazing. I don't think we've seen a fumble either, have we? No, not that I've no, seen. I haven't seen one either. And Coach Shermer said his MO in these things is when somebody makes a mistake, we correct it right away. Correct. We go right up to him. Position coach, teammate, head coach, goes right up to the guy, corrects him right away so we nip it in the bud, we get it fixed for the next time. And I think it's working. It's been very, very clean. Uh, real quick. You think defense is definitely ahead of the offense still at this yeah. point? right now, although the quarterbacks have looked good. Offense hasn't hit their stride yet, though. No. No. You agree with that? And uh, Well, yeah, and especially because, let's face it, John, there's no tackling. Oh, no, so you're not talking about running between the tackles. You're not talking about unleashing Barkley in the run game. Most of the stuff he's done that's gotten the use and us from the crowd has been the passes. Yeah, but I feel like the, even you know? the receivers and quarterbacks aren't completely in, in sync yet. Well, It isn't quite as sharp as you want it to be. I, will and, say, and I don't think the timing's been great. I think the quarterbacks have thrown the ball better than the receivers have caught it. How about that? Okay, I'll buy that. Yeah. Can we go? Anything else? No. Let's go. We got practice. See you tomorrow. Be good on Giants.com, everybody. Tomorrow's an off day, by the way. But we'll be here. Yes, we will. And we'll see you then. See you Bye. Then. I do.